Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics Done Right. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. I couldn't hold back anymore. It turns out that our restreamer is somehow missing several channels. So bear with us, bear with us. Uh, as we, I, I don't know if they're ever going to get get it together. I'm still looking at it here, and it, it's still sending data to Facebook, but it doesn't show online with Facebook. But anyhow, we're going to have our program here on YouTube. I wish I could get folks to go ahead and uh, try to con you know there are a lot of, the problem is folks there are a lot of people that actually watch this stuff only on Facebook but we are going to try to mitigate this as best as we can as best as we can anyhow how's everybody doing today we're gonna have a good show for you today and as much as we are about 10 minutes into starting but you know what better late than never right should we comment on FB YouTube or watch it here? I think you should watch it on the, on YouTube because, as it turns out, I you know I I can't, I I, I really don't know what the case is going to be. So I think we better just go ahead and watch it on YouTube and comment on YouTube and uh, because uh, it, commenting under the YouTube thing, you, then you you'd have to have two screens open. So let's just go ahead and do it on YouTube. I think that should be okay. But anyhow, folks, thank you for being here. Thank you for staying with me as I try to work out the technical difficulties. You know, that happens every so often. Uh, we're not in control of as much as we normally think we're in control of. So we do the best we can. And I did the best I could. I did the best I could. And thank you here for staying with us. Okay, let me go ahead and get back to the original screen here because if I don't, I will be in trouble because I won't see your stuff. Okay, all right, let's get back busy. Bear with me. I'm about to come back. I'm about to come back. There we go. All right, good. Anyhow, folks, we have a great show for you today. Uh, I want to start out before we even get into anything with saying that they're going through their shenanigans in on on the Senate floor. Of course, they're going to filibuster the voting rights bill, S one. Um, it's it's hard to believe that people can't see the existential nature of what's happening here today. It's hard to see that. Yeah, folks. Um, welcome aboard, AVQ. AVQ. I'm going to miss your start with all that stuff that you bring us in the beginning. May Wood. Hello from Long Beach, California, Bridge MCP. I just posted on FB uh, page under YouTube video. Thank you so kindly. Send them over here. Uh, let's see uh, who else we got here. Who else we got here? Uh, Maywood, we've got uh, para ver, para ver, para ver quien más. Courtney, our SLP. Welcome, Courtney. Um, yes, I'm sorry. It's, it's going to be difficult because people are going to be sort of lost as far as what's going on. Because, like I said, a lot of people watch it on on Facebook. But what I'll do later on is, after I post-process this, I'll play it on Facebook as, a, as an event. And <coughs> that should help things out a bit. Let's see. AVQ, one quarter fact check. Police rarely prosecuted for on-duty shootings. Uh, one two fort police kill over a thousand people per year at rate far higher than OECD nations and rarely face any penalty for said killings. Uh, Bridge MCP says behind the video of cops brutalizing kids of vaping is a history of racial exclusion, force, and profit. Uh, Bridge MCP also says what in the world is going on in Ocean City, Maryland, where for the most uh, most of the town's history, it's beach and boardwalk was reserved only for white people. Uh, I didn't know that, but I know they beat up a guy for vaping a few. I mean, they just tasered him, and it was it was a nasty looking video. Uh, AVQ says since 2015, police have fatally shot more than 6,300 people, according to Washington Post database. That's a shame. Bridge MCP, there's a dirty little secret in healthcare that doesn't get attention. And it deserves. Female patients are continuously gaslighted about their physical and mental condition. Yes, they are. In fact, that's the reason why a lot of women die from heart attacks. Because they go presenting somewhat differently than men present for heart attacks. And guess what happens then? Well, we know what happens then. They die. Why do they die? Because of a system that, well, you know why. that, that You know this system, what it does to many Anyhow, um, 
so so that's where we're at people that's where we're at okay avq also says the mean that means police were arrested for murder or manslaughter in a little more than one percent of fatal shootings is that a shame or is that a utter shame which one is it i think it's a utter shame i think it's all shameful uh, looks like I can't count characters spreading these comments here. Bear with me. Hey, look, you're doing a good job. You know what it looks like? It looks like Facebook is going to appear. I did some jiggling as we were speaking here, and it looks like we're going to get Facebook. Let me go ahead and check it to see if it came on. All right, folks, we are now on Facebook as well. We are now on Facebook as well. So I think that should make uh, a few more people come by. Let me go ahead and run the process to get uh, those folks that are on Facebook in other domains as well. So bear with me as I, as I do this. Uh, let's see if it finds it. Facebook just came up, folks. So we're back. We're back. So you can, for those of you who prefer the ease of posting on Facebook, it is back. Bridge MC. <laughs> Bridge MCP, the first one there. No, Deborah John Beachy, uh, Bridge MCP. Uh, Deborah from LA. There's a dirty little secret in healthcare, and she just posted it. We, we read that one already. Okay, let's continue here. Let's make sure all is working fine. I'm going to be back with you guys in two seconds. All right, we're doing fine. We're doing fine. Oh, boy. So for those of you who are listening on podcasts, we had a difficult beginning. We had a bif- difficult beginning because nothing seemed to have worked the way it was supposed to work. But guess what? It is working the way it is supposed to work now. So uh, as it turns out, things are better. We're back online. And we can go ahead and get rid of the YouTube portion. All right. Great. Continuing. Anyhow, the first video that I... Let me see if anybody else have anything to say before I jump to the first video. Maywood, should I go back to FB? You can stay wherever you want, wherever you're comfortable, Maywood, because you get the same thing either on Facebook, Twitch, or wherever. Uh, Nanette Bird says, boy, did we. I really don't like YouTube. Then jump back to Facebook if you like. That's why I give everybody the option of what they want. What they want. Okay, let's go with the first video. The first video is with Chuck... Schumer, because I want you to listen to his speech. I have issues with Chuck Schumer a lot, but I think his speech covered the whole thing about the voter rights. And let me know what you guys think about it. Here it goes. Mr. President, Act 77 was passed in 2019 by the Pennsylvania State Legislature when Republicans held the majority in both houses. Among other voting reforms, the bill provided for no excuse absentee voting and extended registration deadlines. At the time, Republicans in the state legislature were operating under the assumption that mail-in voting would boost participation among seniors who tend to lean Republican. Every single Republican state senator voted for the bill. In the state House, 105 Pennsylvania Republicans voted for the bill and two voted no. That was 2019. Fast forward one year later. Donald Trump, fresh off a resounding loss in the 2020 presidential election, cried foul and lied lied that the election was stolen from him like a petulant child. One of his favorite bugaboos, as we all know, was mail-in voting. So over a little after, a little over a year after 132 Pennsylvania Republicans voted for Act 77 with only two against, they introduced a bill to, you guessed it, repeal Act 77, a law that Republicans passed while they were in the majority just a year before. Mr. President, there is a rot a rot at the center of the modern Republican Party. Donald Trump's big lie has spread like a cancer and threatens to envelop one of of America's major political parties. Even worse, it has poisoned our democracy, eroded faith in our election, which is so detrimental to the future faith people need to have in this democracy. And, of course, it became the match that lit a wildfire of Republican voter suppression laws sweeping across the country. Because of one man's lie, Republicans are now doing the dastardly act of taking away voting from millions of Americans, millions of Americans, making it much harder for them to vote, and many, many, many will not. From Georgia to Montana, from Florida to Iowa, 
in 14 different states through 22 different laws, Republican state legislatures are conducting the most coordinated voter suppression effort in 80 years. And as the example of Act 77 in Pennsylvania goes to show, there is no principle behind these laws. Not fraud, not election integrity, not security, not better election administration. The only principle, blatant partisan electoral advantage aimed at people of color, young people, urban people, people who vote Democratic. Nothing to do with fraud. They haven't pointed out that there's more fraud in those areas than in other areas. It's just blatant, blatant partisan advantage. Whatever voter changes, Republican voting changes Republicans think are good for them, they'll make them, even if it means resorting to the awful and un-American act of voter suppression. So in state after state, state after state, Republicans are reducing polling hours and locations and the number of drop boxes so that Americans of all parties, but particularly aimed at Democratic voters, people of color, young people, poorer people, have a harder time finding the time, place, and manner to vote. They're limiting the kind of IDs you can use, like student IDs, while at the same time removing requirements for any form of licensing to own a firearm. Has any study shown that there's less fraud among firearm owners than students. There's probably very little among either. But they pick one group, not the other, and we know why. Republican legislatures are making it easier to own a gun than to vote. Republican legislatures are making it harder to vote early, harder to vote by mail, harder to vote after work. They're making it a crime to give food or water to voters waiting in long lines. They're trying to make it harder for black churchgoers to vote on Sunday. And they're actually making it easier for unelected judges and partisan election boards to overturn the results of an election. Opening the door for some demagogue, a Trumpian-type demagogue, maybe he himself, to try and subvert our elections in the very same way that Trump tried to do it in 2020. Republicans say these laws are about election, quote, unquote. They claim they're only trying to, quote, secure the vote. Some of my friends here in Washington have resorted to the old refrain that election laws are best left to the states, ignoring the fact that for generations we in Congress have passed federal election laws and constitutional amendments to prevent exactly this kind of discrimination and voter suppression. We all know what these laws are about. I dare say my Republican colleagues know. They're not stupid. When the state of Texas proposes to limit voting hours on Sunday to only a few hours in the evening, do they really believe that's about preventing fraud? Do my Senate friends want to back up that kind of thing? Prevent it from even being talked about here on the floor of the Senate? When Georgia Republicans say it's a crime to give a voter some water or food as they wait in line on a hot day, do they really think they're preventing voter fraud by denying them a snack? Give me a break. Give me a break. <clears throat> Republicans across the country are deliberately targeting all the ways that younger, poorer, non-white, and typically Democratic voters access the ballot. Republicans claim they're making it easier to vote and harder to cheat in an election. In reality, they're making it harder to vote and easier to cheat in an election. And we all know it. And all we want to do here is debate it. Regular order. Regular order, which colleagues on both sides of the aisle have asked for. That's what we're asking for here, just to debate these things. And they won't even do that because they're so afraid of what that debate will show, that this is not election integrity, but this is voter suppression and voter suppression directed only at one group of voters. Well, we're going to see what happens today. Later today, the entire country will see whether our Republican friends are willing to even debate this issue in broad daylight. This afternoon, the United States Senate will vote on a motion to proceed to voting rights legislation. We all know what a motion to proceed is around here, but let me explain it. All it says is let's go forward with debate. Let's debate something, and this is among the most important things we could ever debate, the right to vote, what our soldiers have died for, what peaceful marchers have been bloodied for, the right to vote. It takes 60 votes to start that debate. <clears throat> Everyone knows you still need 60 votes to end the debate on a bill. So even if the Republicans don't like the legislation at the end of the process, let them vote against it then. But no, they don't even want to debate it. They don't even want to debate it because they're afraid. They want to deny the right to vote, make it harder to vote for so many Americans, and they don't want to talk about it. Sweep it under the rug and hope that Americans don't hear about it. But Americans will hear about it. We're going to make sure of that, and millions in the country who 
who are rightly and correctly outraged by what is happening will let everyone know what has happened. Now, only by starting the process can senators offer amendments, change the bill, forge compromise. Only then can senators engage in a full-throated debate about what this chamber should do about the assault on voting rights in this country. Obviously, there are arguments about what should be done to protect voting rights and safeguard our democracy. Obviously, there, there are arguments about which policies are the most effective. But shouldn't we at least agree to debate the issue? That's the only question for the United States Senate today. Do my Republican colleagues believe that voting rights, the most fundamental in a democracy, the right that generations of Americans have marched for and protested to achieve, that generations of American soldiers have fought and died to secure, is that worthy of debate? Of course it is. Should the United States Senate even debate how to protect the voting rights of our citizens? There's only one correct answer. We'll see if our Republican colleagues choose it this afternoon. This is not simply a partisan issue. As partisan as the Republican side in the state legislatures and now here in the Senate seem to make it. It is about the fundamental values of this country. It's about what we're all about. When the Constitution was started in most states, you had to be a white, male, Protestant property owner to vote. There's been an inexorable mark to expand that right to vote and allow more and more Americans the right that, that right to vote. This is a giant step backward. Obviously, it's a partisan issue to the Republican, but it's a much deeper issue than that. Will our colleagues stand up for what generations of Americans have fought for, marched for, and died for? Or will they just slink away and say, we're not going to even debate this? I thought that was a pretty good speech. Now, I mean, sometimes a messenger we may think is flawed, but I think he hit all the points. Anyhow, let's see. Everett Avery. Yvette Avery Herod, welcome aboard. Our union specialist, Nanette Bird-Smith, welcome aboard. Daniel Lewis, welcome aboard. You ha- uh, Susan McBride, welcome aboard. Uh, Breeze MCP, no clue, eh, hey, Daniel? Daniel says, does this idiot really... We don't kind of try not to call people by names, but okay. Daniel really believed his lying speech. Please tell me the portion of his speech that is a lie. We are all true truth zone here so i'd like to know what the lie is so please i'm waiting for you to come and inform me as far as the lie my friend mr uh crimea river uh mr daniel lewis i'd love to know what you think his lies are you know here's the deal if we're going to be all honest right if we are really looking for what's best for us all the way we have conversations whether you think you agree with me or not is not to come out and just say, oh, he's lying. Okay, specifically, what did he say that was a lie? And then I can actually make a comment about that. Susan McBride is very happy with this speech. She has a lot of claps out there. Uh, Let's see, Michael Rudnan went ahead and he got his chance to put all his things in there, the ones that he missed, that he placed inside of YouTube earlier. Uh, let's see what else we got here. If uh, I, I can repost startup comments as well. Yeah, go ahead. and Yeah, well, you already did. Of course, you already did. Okay. Para ver quien más está aquí. All right. Second video has to do with, um, with um, Jen Psaki. You know, Brother Ducey always tries to get her. He thinks he can outsmart her, t- and she always outsmarts him because, again, well, she's Jen Psaki. And so this time he came with numbers. Unfortunately for him, Saki also came with numbers. Fox News knew he had her. He's got Jen Saki where he wants her. You know why? He has the numbers. He has the crime rate numbers and he know what he's doing. He thinks he's going to be able to snow her with these numbers and then try to absolve the gun the gun manufacturer, the gun position of the Republicans. But would Jen Psaki have any of that? Unfortunately for El Senor Ducey, she also came prepared. And you know what they say? My, my, my gun's bigger than your gun. Check this out. Thanks, Jen. Uh, you said yesterday the president feels a, lot, a great deal of the crime we're seeing is a result of gun violence. But the stats show it's not just gun crimes. So why does the president think there's been a 30% increase in car thefts in D.C. 
40, 47% increase in robbery in New York City or a 98% increase in rapes in Atlanta? Well, first, I think if you look at a number of cities across the country, it is actually driven by gun violence. Um, take St. Louis. Um, in 2021, 96% of homicides uh, where the instrument is known were committed using a firearm. In New York City, uh, from March 2020 to March 2021, shooting incidents have jumped 77%. The city recorded more than 1,500 shootings in 2020, 97% more than 777 in 2019. There are major cities across the country where gun violence is absolutely the driver, where it is absolutely increasing. And that will be a central part of what he'll talk about when he delivers his remarks tomorrow. And given everything that is going on with guns, without guns, does the president still think that this is the best time to end cash bail? Uh, I don't think I have a, any new position on that for you, but I'm happy to check and see if there's anything more to report. So, so his stated position from his website, which is that basically end cash bail, he wants to lead a national effort to and cash bail and reform the pretrial system, that stands? I don't have a new position for you, but I'm happy to check for you. And so for people who are watching who might be worried about a rise in crime, what does the president think is a deterrent to committing a crime if there's no cash bail in place? Well, well let me give you a, just a sense to the degree I can, because we're still finalizing the specifics. Um, there's been, one, an increase in violent crime over the last 18 months. It's not just over the last few months. And actually, if you look statistically back, it's more over the last five years or so. So there's an initial set of actions the president has announced uh, to date uh, uh, to address gun violence back in April, strengthening regulations on ghost guns, stabilizing braces that make firearms more lethal, investing money in community violence intervention programs, uh, an investment that he thinks can be quite effective. He's talked about for decades, and I think you'll hear him talk about more tomorrow, uh, supporting additional funding for community policing through his budget request and helping state and local governments keep co cops on the beat. So, yes, we believe that a central driver of violence is gun violence and is the use of guns. We're seeing that statistically in a lot of areas, but he also believes that we need to ensure that state and local governments keep cops on the beat, that we're supporting community policing, and that's a key part of it as well. And just the last one, uh, you just said again, you guys want to keep cops on the beat, but there are reports that big cities are having a very difficult time recruiting officers right now, and there are many other reports that morale is at an all-time low in big police departments. So why does the president think that there's low morale with police officers on the beat? I don't think we're the right entity to give an assessment of that. I'd certainly look to the police departments to give that assessment. But what I would say to you is that the president has never supported defunding the police. He's always supported uh, community policing programs. He supported giving funding to, to, to states and localities around the country, including through his American uh, Rescue Plan, because he thinks there is an essential role to play for community policing. You know, there's something other, there's another thing that she did that was very, very good. She associated his question about the morale of the police department. She told him, hey, you go check the police department. Don't ask us about morale there. If they have a morale problem, that's on them. But remember, we gave them with our American Rescue Plan what they needed to survive. And don't forget, all the Republicans voted against that. She didn't say that, but she inferred that. And of course, she came into issues with defund the police that uh, we probably need to tackle that some other time. But anyhow, Jen Psaki, great job as usual. Yeah, she always does a great job. But anyhow, let's see. AVQ says, personally, I care more about elevating people out of poverty, infrastructure investment, and green jobs. Here, here. Uh, let's see. Uh, uh, I think gun violence increased so much during the pandemic. Yeah, look, that pandemic worked some crazy things on people's psyche and that is likely responsible for a lot of psychological issues that created this thing of violence and then of course uh, uh well I'll, I'll read what avq had to say as well um s1 vote in senate in one hour for 30 central time schumer said mansion will vote with democrats a procedural vote to allow debate not a yeah which if cinema votes yes which i think she supports the bill that would actually mean that we get a 50-50 vote and they can't claim, oh, it's bipartisan against. That is what Democrats feared from uh, the show, this show vote that they're having. All right, um, Republicans seem to care about crime more than anything else. Look at generation back. Our crime rates are way lower than they were in the 1980s and 1990s. 
you know, things are relative, and that's what a lot of people don't realize at all. All right, AVQ also says the desperation that comes from poverty is the leading cause of crime. That's very true. Lack of education as well is a is a cause of crime. You know, you know, we talk about how democracy is fragile and all that sort of. That is so true. I'm gonna give you a good example, right? If we have a lot of hungry people and we have a silo filled with corn seeds that we could grind into corn meal to make folks a good meal, and we have 10,000 people to feed, and that one grain stuff can feed 10,000 people, but we need to have grain for the next cosecha, for the next um, harvest. Uh, what we have to do then is take aside uh, a whole bunch of those, those grains, those seeds, to plant for the next year, which means everybody gets a little bit less than they would otherwise have gotten. When you have a democratic system of educated people, more than likely you can trust that they'll vote that way. We need to uh, save some of the corn from the silos and we're going to only use X amount. But if you have an uneducated masses and you say we're going to we're going to decide how to use that silo democratically, how much to take out of that silo democratically, an uneducated population then would cause the demise of the entire population. What am I trying to say there? Democracies is a one form of government, and it only works when you have a large percentage of the population that is educated. When you heard Donald Trump say, I love dumb people, and he said it to his people, he loved dumb people. That is the kind of thing that he's driving at because these are people, if, if, you, if you have dumb people, right, they accept your, I mean, they, they, they make the wrong decisions in, this, in these kinds of things all the time. My belly first, my belly first, I can't think past my belly. And those are the things that, that we, so right now, as Fox and the right, continues to keep their people uneducated. It really means our democracy is at risk because every country cannot be a true democracy given that a, a, a successfully run democracy requires a certain level of education that makes people think at least we can't do things that will get all of us killed. We can do things differently, but the one thing we can do is think logically. Just a thought. All right, Robert Davenport, welcome aboard. Bad morale, too bad if they feel they can get away with beating and shooting people with no consequences anymore. You know, that's the deal. Oh, bad morale because we want to throw the bad ones of you into jail. British says many are not. Uh, cops, because again, how they are finally being called. Yeah, and they said they are having problems recruiting cops. The only people I would ha that wouldn't want to be cops right now are killers. That's it. If you're not a killer, if you're not a murderer, you don't mind being a cop. Uh, Bridge also says, look at the Irish famine. It was only potatoes. And the British had warehouses of donated food and didn't give it out. I tell you. An educated citizenry is a vital requisite for our survival as a free people. I think that's Thomas Jefferson, but I'll check it later. Wow, I didn't even know that. Okay, cool. Tom C. says, Representative Ronnie Jackson, Republicans control the redistricting process in most of the states around the country. That alone should get us the majority. I saw that when Chris, uh, Chris Hayes pointed that out. I think it was Chris Hayes who pointed that out on his show. That's a shame, isn't it? That is very anti-democratic, but hey, what do you expect? Anyhow, we're at 240. Let me do my ask real quick. If you're on YouTube, folks, please consider supporting us by clicking that join button on YouTube. Uh, we uh, would love to have your support. This program cannot continue without your support, and many of you have been quite generous to continue your support over the last several years. I thank you so kindly, especially since... We get very, it's funny, when I left my software company to do full-time act, political activism and to do the program, 
Uh, people say, oh, that's altruistic. It was altruistic. It meant I was going to make a hell of a lot less money. But what we did before I got uh, put the software company on hiatus was to get all my bills down. And also the, the website was making enough that it wasn't very, you know, it was okay. I could live with all these lower weights. But guess what happened? Our corporatocracy came into power and they cut our advertising by 90% in one day, both Facebook and YouTube. I wrote about that. Look it up, look, look it up on, on my blog site. It was amazing. It just showed you the, you know, I always talk about the power of corporations and why we as citizens have to take control. We, the people, have to decide what corporations can and cannot do to the average, to the body politic, to the people, to we the people. Otherwise, they hold you by a stranglehold. Let's, let's give an, a, an example. Any one of these platforms that you use to make money on that, is, that, that forms the fold determine, can, can cut you off if you say certain things. And the only way around that is what we are trying to do, not only myself and the independent media, but throughout. We have started to establish things like Patreon. If you notice, I have Patreon. That I, and let me put the patron in there. If you want to support us, let, let's take your YouTube first. Please click that join button. Become a YouTube subscriber of our program. It's very inexpensive and it helps us a whole lot. Alternatively, you can also support us at Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, politicsunright.com slash Patreon, politicsunright.com slash Patreon, as well as uh, you can go ahead and support us at PayPal, politicsunright.com slash PayPal, politicsandright.com slash PayPal. Let me tell you why I have all these different forms of support and why I, I, I want people to, you know, some will support on Patreon, some will support on YouTube, some will support at PayPal, some would support at our store. And here's the reason why we need several forms of support. Let me tell you, and I told you I wanted a thousand on Patreon, a thousand on YouTube. Let me tell you what happens. At any one time, someone of these platforms can create havoc. Like we lost uh, what you call your AdSense account from Google, YouTube, all of that. Because we don't know why. We honestly do not know why. It just cuts you off and it says you are in violation. You guys know what I do. This is what I do. And one time they just said we're in violation. And they said there's no way to, uh, to go ahead and check it out or whatever. We constantly went ahead and tell AdSense, we follow the rules, we follow the laws, and we do things that are good for society. And we kept on getting responses, well, you, you know, your, your account's gone, sorry. And you know, you know, Egberto, I kept on and I kept on writing letters and kept on writing letters. After about, I guess it was eight months to a year or so. I guess it hit the right person or they got tired of me nagging and saying, look, I am a very responsible political activist that do things within the law. And finally, one time I got an email that says, uh, we're very sorry that we had your account on hiatus and uh, we are going to go ahead and re-enable it. And of course, after re-enable it, we had to re-enable re just about everything else to get that account. But think about if we were only using AdSense for YouTube. Think about that. The control these people have. So the thing around that, when you are doing, and I'm, I'm writing, in, in my, I have a book that I'm coming out with. I don't know if it's going to be the race book first or the book. Uh, there are three books that I have that I've started writing. I don't know if I'm going to do the book first on how to become a political, uh, online political activist. We are more than online, of course, but without starving. And what I wanted to explain is all the drawbacks that, over the last 10 years that I've had to go through it, losing accounts, meaning the corporations taking your account away and you fighting to get it back and in the meantime, garnering other accounts. So my thing was, you have to spread the pain. So what I did is I said, we're going to establish our users who support us via Patreon, our users who support us via PayPal, our users who support us via YouTube, our users who support us via Facebook, our users, and you know, people have different platforms that they prefer to support you on. And that way, if we lose one, you know, so we're losing 20% of the income, 25% of the income, or whatever, 
uh, we fight to get that back as we open up another source. That is how we spread things out to try to stay viable. Uh, because the corporatocracy, as I told you, it really, really nos tiene por las pelotas. They really decide to control many things. And these are the only avenues you have. How else can I reach an audience without using these platforms? Right? These are now utilities which are regulated if they're going to do that. And the thousands of people that you have on these systems. The thousands of people. So, anyhow. So, please support us on on YouTube by going ahead and click that join button. And if you, uh, if you also want, by the way, support us on one platform or you can support us, you can spread it out on several platforms. Either way is fine. But the idea is we would love to have your support. Here we go. Politicsonright.com slash Patreon is another platform. Politicsonright.com slash YouTube or just click the join button on YouTube. Or let me go ahead and put the YouTube in there. YouTube. Or politicsandright.com slash PayPal to support us on PayPal. All right, uh, let's continue. We got another video to show you. Uh, this one has to do with this one has to do with um, the Southern Baptist Convention, and I was so happy with the way Joshua Johnson handled the new leader of the Southern Baptist Convention. Check this out. We'll take it on the other side. CNN host Joshua Johnson today did a wonderful thing, something that needed to be done to one of the pastors in the religious sect for a long time. I think um, given the state of our country right now, given the state of the people who are actually creating a whole dissension, a whole lot of the hate, etc., he did such a wonderful thing. I want you to listen to this, and then we'll take it on the other side. In terms of understanding what the Bible says, there's been research, including from the Pew Research Center, in terms of who has the best general knowledge about the Abrahamic faiths, Christianity, Judaism, Islam. And it found that the people with the most knowledge tend to be either Jewish or atheists and agnostics, that people who are actually practitioners of Christianity tend not to have the strongest general knowledge. Also, there is a Bible verse that keeps standing out to me. It's from 1 Peter that says that believers should always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have, but to do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience. Pastor Lytton, before I let you go, I have encountered way too many Christians who express mm. zero gentleness and zero respect mm. when talking to people who don't choose whether it's atheists, agnostics, gay people like myself, or just people who don't share their politics. And that is not biblical, that is not scriptural, that is not what the Bible teaches believers to do. Before I have to let you go, what do you plan to do as the president of the Southern Baptist Convention to make people of faith more palatable, less contemptible, and maybe a little more Christ-like in the way they deal with the rest of the world? Well, let me say this, first of all, you're right. And, and, and tragic as part of the, the whole culture seems to be struggling with giving honor and respect. I respect you because God created you. I respect you because Jesus paid a high price to redeem you. I respect you because the word of God teaches me to respect you and to honor you. And, and the fact is we're not seeing, we're seeing a breakdown in our culture, which even impacts our churches sometimes. But I will say this, this people called Southern Baptists are a good people. When, when I won last week, people who voted against me came up very kindly and said, I didn't vote for you, but I love you in Christ and I will pray for you. I, I think, again, the fringe is loud right now in our culture on every level. And what it means is we have to practice exactly what you're holding us accountable to. And that is what the word of God says. Pastor Ed Litton is the new president of the Southern Baptist Convention. Now, that is what I call a journalist. He really laid out that Christ, many Christians of the Southern Baptist purview, many uh, Christians of the uh, evangelical purview, they tend to be very, uh, very ag not, not only aggressive, but caustic in the way, and contemptible, as Joshua would say, in the way they, they try to pro proselytize. It's even worse. Um, 
the word I think is they are so darn far away from what the definition of Christ-like is in the Bible and the hate that they promote and the policies that they promote, the policies that they want the government to promote is so much a policy of not only hate, but selfishness. Uh, whereas we know what, according to their Bible, Christ is supposed to stand for. Joshua had the courage to ask the pastor, the new president of the Southern Baptist Convention. But I have to give the kudos to Ed Litton, the new president. His response is one that likely was difficult because he had to, had to acknowledge that Joshua Johnson was actually truthful in his statement. But more importantly, it seems like he's going to try to make them better people. And you know, AVQ, uh, uh, um, Michael Rodnan has a very inter interesting comment, and, I, 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 and it's prescient. I kind of find, he says, I kind of find it funny that conservative Christians exist. Jesus was all about feeding the poor, healing the sick, welcoming the immigrant, and refugee giving away your money. You know something? Ideas conservatives stand against. That, you know, let me tell you what drives me crazy sometimes. I, I actually said that in my book, How to Make America Utopia. I pointed out where a preacher came out about being why capitalism was biblical. And, I, you know, I wrote about that several years ago, and then I went ahead and found some stuff that I said about it. But Rudnan is actually very, very correct. Um, everything that Jesus stands for is what conservatives stand against. Think about it. Helping the poor. Conservatives doesn't believe, conservative believes in this fallacy about lifting yourself up by the bootstrap. I just learned a few years ago, lifting yourself up by the bootstrap was a joke because you can't do it. Okay? I never just, I never, as an engineer, I never said, okay, let me see how that would be done or whatever. I just took it at face value. Oh, lift yourself up by the bootstrap. The joke was you can't. You cannot lift yourself up by your bootstraps. You cannot. It's an impossibility. It's a saying that makes no sense. And, you know, they, uh, look, there's, we, we believe, you know, in the, in, in the other biblical thing, make yourself fishers of men. I'd rather turn you into fishers of men than, than just feed you only. Yeah, no, we believe in them both. It is sad. It is contemptible that these people have used the word that they supposedly believe in to distort and destroy America. Cheryl Fleming says the pastor should simply say that Jesus was a man of color that will never happen in a white church that displays a white Christian. You know, I am so much less concerned about Jesus' hue. Right? Um, because anybody who is a regular at politics and right know that in as much as we live in a racist society, I am not about racism because racism is one is a disease. It's silly. It makes no sense. Race is one attribute of humanity. Or rather, not race. Color is one attribute of humanity. Thick lips is one attribute of humanity. Big nose is one attribute of humanity. You can have a white, thick lip, big nose person or a thin lip, thin nose black person. That's why you notice also you can have a black person's heart going to a white person, vice versa. A Chinese person going to... I mean, look, race is stupid. Very. It was created as an economic driver. It was created to control people. That is what it was created for. And we have to over and over and over and over preach this. To help our racist brothers and sisters understand that they've been hoodwinked. You know, I tell the story about my daughter going through at Palachia. She had never seen such despair. Despair that in TV, on TV doesn't have the same hue of the despair she saw in Appalachia. 
folks, it's a trick. That Joe Manchin is playing all kind of games instead of educating his people that the people who most will support them are the Democrats and allowing Republicans to keep a foothold. He has the power. Joe Manchin has the power to convince his, his, his West Virginians that the policies of the Democrats at this point are best for them. But they don't want to do it. They don't want to do things that move people too far to what they would call the left because we are still a corporatocracy supporting both Democrats and Republicans. I'm going to be working with uh, some independents pretty soon. She, I brought Linda Curtis onto the phone, or onto the program a few weeks ago. Uh, she has a group, the what is it called? Uh, League of Independent Voters of Texas. And I want to work with them. I want to work with a lot of, like I work with the Houston Peace and Justice Center, Coffee Party USA, Move to Amend, uh, Daily Coast, all these groups. Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. All these groups think they want grassroots action. And many think they should be supporting Republicans. Some think they should be Democrats. They should be supporting populist progressives. The people who really want change for the American people. Eric Hayes says, if you are in favor of humanity, uh, let's think of all those victims of violence caused by repeat offenders that get let out of liberal... Um, look, that's a bad thing, Eric, but that you are solely and tunnel-visioned on that issue actually shows a problem with your own humanity and what are the things that really are affecting people. The, 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 let's say there are 150 people that were killed by these repeat offenders in, uh, in Houston. Let's, let's just go ahead and put that number in this 4 million People metropolitan area. Let's say it's 150 people that got killed. Bad, ter- horrendous, terrific, terrible for the 150 uh, families. Horrendous. But Republican policy that keeps millions at uh, 20% of these people uninsured in Houston or more, which is equivalent to over a million people in Houston alone that are uninsured are underinsured. That's killing more than 150 people a year. Do you share the same disdain for them? Will you vote for those who will make sure that that doesn't happen so that the people that you claim to care about, these human beings that you care about, my brother, will you go ahead and kick out every single one of those Republicans who have committed murder on those people? Because the murder that they've committed on those people is no different than the murder of that, that person that is a repeat offender. Because those Republicans inside of the House in, uh, in Austin, they are repeat offenders. Every single year, every single session, they have voted to kill Texans. Every single session they have voted to kill Texas. They are also repeat offenders. Are you, are, go, are you going to get offended against them as well? They are committing murder as well. Sir, please, let's be fair. I want to give... Look, I understand that watching, uh, watching your everyday news on TV, you are going to see these repeat offenders. They, lock, they bring them up and say, you know... And to think, he, he murdered somebody a, a year ago, and they still gave him bail. How could they have done that? You know, it's a bad thing. Okay, yes. But sir, sir, when you write knowingly policy that kills, it is no different than somebody holding a gun to your head. It is no different. Eric says, here goes it, but. Uh, or rather, not the same at all. And th- this is policy and this politics versus... No, it's not. If I create policy that kills, if I create policies that murder, it is absolutely no different than somebody holding a gun and killing you. The ultimate result is your death. Please. 
That is the indoctrination that we come across to. That is the indoctrination. They want you to believe that. They've indoctrinated you to believe that somehow because they wear a suit and a tie as they murder you with policy, that somehow they are a better people than the common criminal on the street. They are no different than the common criminal on the street. Nanette Birdsmith says, as if Fox reports the truth. Okay, uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. I, we're, we're out of time right now. Uh, let me see if there's anything quick I can answer. If we came from Adam, then why should we be fighting who's what color? Some beef or black, others red, white. Or, you know, uh, that, that, well, you know, E2247, thanks for making that comment. You make the case that I make all of the time. Uh, the case that I make all the time is simple. And uh, Eric, you have to decide what you're going to say here. Because a rich killer will always be able to come up with bond, okay? A rich killer always gets bond. If he's a rich killer and comes out, I, I imagine you would say the same thing. Okay, I got to get out of here. BS, tell, tell that to the victim who deserved justice, just like the people who need insurance. So go vote and change things. Yeah, go vote and vote all those people that have murdered Texans for the last 10 years since the passage of the Affordable Care Act. It is time for us to, uh, you know, I wrote a piece called should we, uh, pers- I don't remember the words that I use, persecute politicians who affect policies that kill? And I think we should. That knowingly kill? Knowing that not accepting the Medicaid expansion to the Affordable Care Act killed Texans? Yeah, they should be locked up. They should be in jail. They should be in jail. They should be in jail. Folks, love you all. Um, all of you, including you, Eric, in as much as you... Sometimes I, sometimes we got to go to coffee so that I can at least simulate your neck. I'm kidding, man. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. kidding. You know, I love you. Anyway, folks, got to get out of here. Thank you so kindly for being here. I know you could be anywhere else. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics and Right. And you know how I get out of here. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics and Right. And I am what? Out. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.